You're listening to Boudoir Therapy, hosted by Darlene Wong. I fly over oceans in my sleep. Join me in my private boudoir where I raise the volume in the presence of coveted, feminine, and empowering business women I call the queens. I can't we just be? You are not living life if you are not living your inner art. Welcome to Boudoir Therapy. Today I have a very but very personal guest and she is here in the studio to explain to us and express to us who she is and what is her inner art. As a special treat for you guys, I have an extra episode launching for Father's Day. And this is who I say Happy Father's Day to every year. I'd like you to meet my mom, Ruth Mary Pichardo. Mom, can you tell us? <laughs> She's already laughing. Can you tell us what is your inner art? That's a big question. Explain to me who Ruth Mary Pichardo has been all her life? Well, I live and learn. For me, my purpose is just being a mother and a wife and a daughter too. I forgot about that one. Mm. And a child, a child of God, of the universe. This is what I've learned. It's what I give. It has nothing to do with me. How old were you when you had me, Mom? I was 20 years old. (laughs) So you've been a mother, a wife, and everything else since 20 years old. Yes, I've been actually two very responsible young mother and daughter and wife, I think, because when you start young like that, it's it's not easy. You grow up with your kids. Mm-hmm. You learn with them. Mm. So you grew up very young, but do you still think of yourself? What do you tell yourself to make yourself feel like you're important? I love myself. I love myself very, very much. And I know that I am loved by a higher power than me. That's for sure. And I might not be a queen, but I am I am a princess because I am loved by a king. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so my mother is a princess and her daughter is a queen (laughs) if you could describe success in one word what would it be perseverance and um, don't give up on your first thought that you ever thought and for me that was peace and peace for me it doesn't have to be a perfect peace we still struggle we still go through hell and back but it's my peace this is what's brought me here today. Without that word and that peace that I feel right now in my heart, Mm -hmm. even though I am sad or tired or sick and I have that peace that that I still don't understand it. It surpasses understanding. And what about for support? Do you have a word or a person or a thing that would describe support for you? My support comes from God. He has never left me. And he's still with me. Even though I did not understand what God was before and what he wanted for my life, he told me to stop crying and get up and go to sleep. That was one of my hardest times in my life. 
So he said to you, Ruth, yeah, stop crying and go to sleep. He did. And you did. And I did. And I woke up in the morning thinking it was all a dream. That it has never happened. But everything started again. And I got through it. Amen. Now I'm going to cry. <laughs> so for those who need a box of Kleenex, you should start taking it out now because it gets even a little bit more vulnerable, this interview. Mom, would you be able to describe to us your aha moment? My aha moment was going through all this struggle in my life and just having someone always there, there behind the scenes of whatever I was going through. This person was always there, no matter where I was or where I went, if the person that I'm, the man that I'm with now, to start just just being with him all this time and he was always appearing appearing wherever i was to help me to be there for me or just just to just sit there and do nothing but just being there when my time the time came when i just couldn't do it anymore and this person's name is harry who is my husband at this he's been a friend of mine for forever since I'm a kid, we've been together, neighbors, friends, and and he's always been there. And he's still there. He's still there with me through thick and thin. My aha moment was just going out on a first date with this friend of mine that just wanted to be with me. And it didn't matter to him what was wrong with me or how many kids I had or anything else. Like, it just didn't matter to him. And that is one of the biggest aha moments of my, of my life. My life meaning just life. It's a aha moment for me just to know that someone just wants to be with you whether you're perfect or not. And together, Harry and I, we learned about God and He wants, He loves you perfect or not without judgment. And that my aha moment. I love Harry too. He's my favorite dad. <laughs> so Harry was always just appearing, right? He would just he would just come from out of nowhere. He would be there when you least expected it or there was times where you wished he would appear and he would. And this is the kind of man that my mom married because well she said one time that he's an angel. Her aha moment made her realize that she just needed to, I guess, let go of whatever past uh, experiences she had and just take this one as a new journey and see what happens with that, with no expectations. None at all. All right. How are the Kleenex boxes going? <laughs> <laughs> I asked the queens on my show this question because... There is a serious problem that we have in society dealing with these kinds of things that we're not necessarily taught. From what I've learned with these interviews is that there are things that you have to learn through the journey. In your experience, how did you deal with guilt, doubt, and fear? Let's start with guilt. Guilt. 
That's the hardest work ever. As as of anything, being mother, father, uncle, teal, whatever. Guilt, it's everywhere in our minds and whatever we do, we're guilty. But I am not guilty. <laughs> she said it with a smile, guys. <laughs> a big fat smile. I am not guilty. I am not guilty. Believing again, loving again, sharing again and being friends with Jesus that I didn't understand that part of my world before. Um, just knowing that there's a friend that you can believe in and that makes everything much lighter and forgives you and just want to be your friend just just out of anything. Believing for me take away take away guilt. Mm. Believing takes away doubt. Believing takes away takes away fear. And uh, that comes I believe with my beliefs. I have changed. I have changed my life. I have learned to love in a different way. And that comes with the love of God and His Son that I never thought I would, but I do, and I believe. And love is everything. Love, again, takes away everything. When God sees you from up in heaven, down here, we're a mess. We really are a mess. But when He looks down on us, we are perfect, without guilt, without doubt and without fear. You've shared with me before that you write in a journal. Does this come about when you do have these thoughts come in? For example, fear? Well, when I write in my journal, it's not always because these thoughts come as fear. They could be joy, they could be happy, they could be sad, but it doesn't exactly mean fear. But it is good to write it down on a journal and you see it clearly and um, I write down my fears, I pray with my fears, I pray for what I write, and um, fear comes in like a, someone coming into your house in the middle of the night to steal or rob your home. You feel invaded, you feel fear, but all those, all those thoughts, they come into your mind, in your head, and they can disappear. They can disappear and and you can learn not to be scared. Excellent, Monica. I don't know say. I like my smell. You smell good, eh? Mm -hmm. Me too. I'm wearing your smell. What do you deserve in life? I don't deserve anything, darling. I really don't. I've got all I want. I think she's a queen, but she thinks she's a princess. I am a princess. I am not a queen. There's two different perspectives here. You, you guys can choose. <laughs> At the beginning of this interview, I asked you, what is your inner art? How do you live your inner art? And you made it all about others. In 
my 36 years with you, I've seen two major personality traits that really stand out. I find that you've given a lot of your patience to your inner art, and that's you being a mother, a wife, an aunt, whoever it is that you are to someone else. But you've also had a lot of creativity. I have a feeling that's where I get a little bit of my creativity from. You love to paint. You have your own paintings on the wall. I call you up to, at the end of my contracts, to ask you to just give an extra eye and relay things out, last minute details. You love painting, you love colors, you love dancing. Have you ever thought of changing careers? Well, I'm a hairdresser. And as you know, hairdressers are supposed to be psychologists, but without the pay, <laughs> right? We all know that. But no, it's really true. I've been a hairdresser for over 36 years. Some of my clients are clients of 30 years. And uh, I don't do, I, I don't just do their hair. I, I talk with them, we exchange life, we exchange problems, we exchange everything, the good times, the bad times, the sad times. We give advice, they give advice back to me, and uh, we, get in, we get very personal. We get intimate with each other as we go along, and we become friends instead of just client and hairdresser. And uh, no, I would not change that for nothing in the world. If you could speak about one person who has been there for you in your hairdressing career, who would it be and why? Well, that person would be Chantal Decabi. She was my manager when I started back at work at Sears Beauty Salon 27 years ago. She was a manager, and she was young, very um, educated girl, very smart, love numbers, love it, love it, love it, like she can eat it. She taught me a lot of things, and uh, she gave me the opportunity, too, to be assistant manager with her, to help her with this work, which I thought I wasn't able to do, or that was not my kind of stuff with paperwork and pays and hiring people and firing people and oh it was but you know what I've learned a lot with her I learned a lot and I have to say thanks to her for that because she taught me something new something about business and work and ethics and politics about work and uh, things that I didn't know before yeah we both learned from each other and we became friends, co-worker, family, friend. We talked about everything. We always look forward to our Wednesday mornings to talk and see what happened during the week with our family, with the husband, drinking our coffee and talking and just get it out and uh, to start our week of work. And uh, she shares her family problems. I share my a lot of family problems. That got us, I think, for me, got me through a lot. And uh, to have that support, especially at work, and we still support each other still, it's a blessing for me. It's a blessing to have someone like that because 
she came out of nowhere too. She was a complete stranger to me, but now she knows me. She knows me very, very well, and I know her too. And just by our looks, we know how, what's going on, what we're feeling, what, what's the matter, and that's what friends are for, even if you work together. I'm even really teary. Me too. Chantal is like my third mom. <laughs> How many moms do you have? I only have, have one mom. I have three. You're my number one. <laughs> Natasha your is dad. my second. You're my dad and my mom. Oh, yeah. Remember? <laughs> and then I have Natasha as my second. And then Chantal is my third. Oh, well, praise the Lord. Cut. <laughs> is that what you... Are we done? No, are we we're, done? We're done with your part now. When I was growing up, what did you yeah. think that I... Oh, I have to speak again? Yes. You told me I was done. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> okay. You want to do some jumping jacks? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Mom, so when I was growing up and you saw all the interests that I had in different types of areas what did you think what did you think would be my inner art today well i thought of your inner art at that time when you were younger mostly speaking speaking different languages you were always good at learning new languages and it was easy for you so for me, I, I never thought of you being in the public. That was my idea, seeing you with people that immigrate and they needed help to translate. Um, and then I was reminded of this a uh, couple of weeks ago in the uh, Festival Axe and Assi. When I saw you up on the stage and you introduced yourself in Spanish, well, first French, then English, then Spanish, and then Mandarin. I go, that's what my daughter should be doing. <laughs> she looked perfect up there. <laughs> well, I am making it one of my missions this year to speak my voice. And by doing what I'm doing, I'm hoping that I get also more of the courage to speak because that's a very different thing for me to do, especially on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. So this is more intimate, these kinds of interviews, but being on the stage for the first time speaking, I've never done that before. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Fantastic. <laughs> When people come in and they yeah. don't hear me laugh, they go, what's wrong, Mary? What's wrong? <laughs> and if I'm in the back, they hear me. Mary, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you outside of the hair salon. Yes. That's how we knew you were there. So, my daughter, Darlene, um, I have a little question for you. Or I'm going to make you imagining doing it. Okay. Okay, okay. okay. So, you're sitting down, your, your eyes are closed, and uh, 
just picture yourself seeing your heart. It's red, it's thumping, blah, 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 blah. Yes, and there's things in there, things that we keep forever, for always, for 37 years, or from when you can remember. And if there's was one thing that you can pull out of your heart, what would it be? I'm imagining my heart with my eyes closed. Yes, just think you're in front of you. Just think you, I'm you. Think of, I'm you, and this is your heart, and you're seeing the heart. And you're seeing something that is really hurting. There's a there. black spot there. there yeah, there's yeah. a lot of black spots, but specific oh, ones. <laughs> there's a specific one that, that is, oh, you know, it hurts. And you just want to. You just pull it out. You pull it out. Pull Dig it, it out. Yeah, you just yeah. pull it. Pull it from your heart. Ooh. And then have it in your hand. Look at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you go. I'll share with you then what happened through the weekend. Because this was one an aha moment and a letting go moment. I have to sell a lot of my things to my home. It's the first time that I have my own home. And I worked really hard before coming here to settle myself in and put together what I wanted to. And I really took the time this time to find out what it is that makes me really happy, that makes me want to keep going, whether I have money or not. and. One of the things that I'm having to do, again, is like, I feel like I have to start all over. In order to start all over, I have to let go of a lot of things. So one of the things that I have to let go of are actual objects. And I'm like, if I have to start this all over again, like, well, first of all, I know I can do it because I've done it before. I've done it many times and you just keep going. And second of all, um, I have I have my support, which are my parents, and third of all, I have me. And when I had to start all over after my divorce, all I really had was me. And I started everything because of me. And then it, ha it took me some time to realize that again, and I'm like, okay, I don't need then all the other things, I just need me. And just knowing that I have me and that I'm in a, I'm, I'm free to be me is, is a success for myself. So I have to keep reminding myself what success is for me. I'm, I, I guess I'm ready to let go. A little bit confused, Darlene, because letting go of stuff is not the same as letting go of something from your heart. Yes. It has nothing to do with things mm -hmm. and with stuff and with is something more than that. And that 
is where we have to go in that heart and pull it out and throw it out and see it thrown out. Wherever you throw it, see it go. And that's why another thing, you just reminded me of something. Mm -hmm. When you were young and free and beautiful, 18 years old, going to college and having a wonderful time, oh, I'm never gonna have any stuff in my house. I'm never gonna have any furniture. I'm gonna have futon like the Japanese. And then I see my daughter with all this stuff. I said, that's not her. Well, there you got it. That's from mom. That is mom. My darling was sit on the floor, eat on the floor, get a bean bag, sit anywhere you want, mm -hmm. and be comfortable on the floor. And that is my queen, sitting on the floor. <laughs> I love it. So I fly over oceans and my sea. If you enjoyed the voice of Boudoir Therapy, please leave your review on iTunes. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram. And every Tuesday is Social Tuesday. I'll be active on social media if you have any questions. And don't forget the full moon special. Listen in a little bit closer to my story. Want to personalize your boudoir therapy experience? Visit www.darlenewong.com under DW Boutique to purchase your copy of Boudoir Therapy, a self-deserving journal made by me just for you. And never, never stop living your inner art. Because you deserve it.